hello again and welcome to the Global Fly Fisher podcast. This is Global Fly Fisher partner Martin Jorgensen speaking, as usual, or almost as usual, live from somewhere in Denmark on the beach. Um, while I'm fishing, I'm on a fishing trip right now. Uh, let me... Uh, let me shortly describe to you what I see. I'm on a, as you might hear, I'm on stones right now, pebbles or whatever you would call them. Walking here in front of me is a rim of sand and beyond that is the water. Nice looking, although a bit calm to my taste, but uh, pretty good. There's a bit of wind in our back. We're pretty, um, pretty good casting wind, I would say. Uh, it's always neat to have some wind because that helps you quite a lot when you um, when you want to cast out a fly. I see a few anglers in front of me, uh, or rather to the side right in front of me. There's quite empty, and that's where I'm going to fish in a, in a minute or, or a while at least. But uh, to, my, um, to my right, I see one angler on a good distance here, far away, a couple of seagulls flying over, comorants. A beautiful sky, actually, really nice September sky. Uh, we've had sun all day, but now it's slowly clouding over. I'm going to pick out my camera here and just grab a picture of that really nice sky on the beach so that you can see what I'm actually referring to. Uh, it's early afternoon here. We've been fishing uh, since around one o'clock or something. Uh, a, a place just a bit further down the beach. Henning, who is with me, has caught a couple of nice little sea trout and I have caught a couple too. All of them uh, fairly small, but uh, really nice fish. It's a great time of year to uh, to be fishing. The fish are really beautiful. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, to my left I see Henning in the water about a couple of hundred meters away. And there are a couple of anglers further away, back actually uh, at the place where we were fishing just uh, a while back. So it's uh, it's fairly crowded. It's not like crowded uh, in a way that you can't find any any space. But uh, usually we will just be ourselves and and nobody else. Um, but. Uh, Today we actually see uh, several anglers which are not a part of our party, so um, let me just grab a picture here where you can see Henning and and, uh, and a couple of other anglers. Yeah. Well, <coughs> today's podcast is actually going to be about the flies that we use when fishing for sea trout on the Danish coast. I know that this might be uh, a, a bit of an exotic uh, subject for many of of you who listen from places where you will never get close to uh, a sea trout uh, uh, stretch like the one I'm walking on right now. But uh, well, there might be some interesting uh, interesting conclusions anyway that you might find uh, find funny to hear, and and also. Uh, uh, there are some general considerations about fly choice, which I, I think is quite true in, in many other types of water uh, than in the sea. So, uh, well, you might might hear something useful. Uh, this, uh, 
this subject was actually uh, spawned by a mail from uh, uh, somebody uh, in California, uh, Matthias. I guess uh, from the name that Matthias is originally from Europe somewhere. Uh, but uh, he could also be Matthias and, and be uh, American, I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, he, um, he started uh, me thinking uh, along the track of, of, of talking about flies. It also uh, has been uh, sparked further by uh, the fact that I was together with all these foreign uh, anglers uh, just a couple of weekends ago on the Global Fly Fisher Summit, which I have mentioned both on the website and in this podcast before. And uh, looking into their boxes is always great fun because you see what people use at back home, what people imagine they can use, and, and generally you see a lot of flies which you probably wouldn't use on an average day, but uh, because they were there and because people were fishing them, well... We saw quite a bit of uh, of action on on some strange flies. But let me first talk to you about the flies that we generally use when we uh, fish for sea trout here. The the trout that we fish are sea-run brown trout. So that that is normal, absolutely normal brown trout, Salmo truta, which has gone into the sea. And they are in the sea for one thing, and that's to eat. So that's the first thing that, that is essential when you want to understand what, um, what to fish with, is that these fish are actually eating, meaning that you can actually fish with imitations, stuff that looks like something that the fish would eat. We imitate, first of all, shrimps. I would say shrimp uh, and small fry, small fish is probably the the primary uh, query of these uh, of these sea trout. Um, and when I say small, we're talking less than an inch uh, in size and in fly size. That would mean that a size two fly would be fairly big and the average fly would probably be fours and six and even eights and many times you will find anglers fishing for trout in the sea with flies as small as 10 and 12 and even smaller these flies might not sound small to you guys who fish in the streams where average sizes might be 14s and 16s and 18s but uh, remember that these are fairly big fish. Most of them are in the in the two pound range and and up. And uh, really, really small flies can sometimes be pretty uh, intimidating, uh, so to say, when you when you hook a big fish in the ocean. And first of all, compared to saltwater flies from all over the world, the flies that we use are generally very small. Most most uh, foreign saltwater anglers who come here and see our flies will consider them really, really small, tiny. But um, trust me, they do work. Apart from the imitation flies that we use, we also use quite a bit of uh, what I would refer to as provocative flies, meaning that these this type of fly is supposed to provoke the fish into something. I don't really know what it provokes, aggression, eating behavior, what have you. But uh, 
They do work these flies, and they even work in, in, at times where the fish are eating and, and willing to to uh, strike uh, to imitations and natural-looking flies. Um, uh, in on such days, you can sometimes uh, do very well with a really bright pink fly or bright orange fly or even a chartreuse fly or something like that, which is pretty strange because nothing of the of the natural food uh, items that these fish are eating are actually pink or chartreuse or orange. But these very colorful and bright flies actually work. <clears throat> Just today, actually, Henning uh, proved that very true because um, the, f- the, f- the second fish he caught was actually caught on a fly that, that uh, is called the Christmas tree, uh, the Christmas tree is a very, very bright and shiny fly, which is tied from uh, braided mylar tubing and, and nothing else. And the one that Henning was using was a, a red or pink one. And the the water here is, is very calm and very, very clear. And even so, this fish was um, lured by, uh, by this extremely bright fly. So... Uh, it's not like uh, bright flies for murky and dark water and, and neutral flies for, for, for um, clear water and, and bright days. Uh, actually, you can probably catch uh, fish with, uh, with a very, very bright fly on even the, the clearest uh, day with, with high sun and, and blue skies. So, essentially, what I'm saying is that... Uh, catching a sea trout in the ocean is not necessarily a question of choosing the right fly but more a question of finding the fish which is what most people would probably agree with me on when uh, when they uh, come here finding fish is really the the, the job um, I'm not going to cover uh, strategics or methods of finding fish today because I'm talking flies but I'm definitely going to uh, to emphasize the fact that in almost all kinds of fishing, even fishing in a stream and fishing in uh, in a lake, the, the the extremely important job is not choosing a fly or changing your fly all the time or keeping on trying all kinds of uh, of, of things to to get fish to to strike. Uh, if there are no fish, you can change till you turn blue and still won't you won't uh, feel a single bite or anything finding the fish is really important so you have to use your eyes and your uh, all your skill to read the water see how the bottom looks uh, check out the surface look for jumping fish whatever uh, strategy and tactics that might uh, help you uh, locate fish as soon as you've located fish in particular here on the on the coast here where it's very open you should immediately move to that place and cast because these fish are, are as I said there for for food and most stuff that moves in the water is edible to them and a fly that lands close to a sea trout unless it lands right on the head of it or the line uh, passes over or something like that the sea trout will usually turn and take the, the fly so uh, anything you see cast to it Okay, that that was some general considerations about fishing and and uh, and and fly choice. But um, let me just take the chance to 
to recap some of our uh, our most uh, the the flies that that I and the gang that I fish with used most. If I was asked to pick out one single fly in my fly box as the only one that I was allowed to fish for a year, one single pattern, it would probably be the fly that I actually have on my leader right now, which has brought me hundreds, literally hundreds of fish during the last years and uh, which I know has uh, enticed um, even more hundreds of fish for the guys that I fish with and for people fishing on the Danish coasts. The fly is, in my case, a hybrid between a fly that is known as Magnus, M-A-G-N-U-S, and Frede in Danish. Freddy, you would call it in English probably which is spelled F-R-E-D-E. These two flies are very identical. They're both grey, woolly bugger type flies. Uh, mine is, uh, is, um, is uh, a dubbed body, uh, marabou, grey marabou tail, a grey dubbed body, a grizzly hackle and a copper ripping over over uh, the dub body and the, and the hackle. So you get a, a full hackled fly, which is gray and grizzly, with a nice uh, moving tail. I usually put in some flash in the tail, just a few straws, short straws of flash, maybe a quarter of an inch long or something, just to add a bit of, of, of shining um, uh, signal in, in, the, in the tail. And I also put on eyes. Uh, small beak chain eyes on the, on the fly and if I was to take one single fly and fish it for a whole year all seasons, all times of the day for all types of, of, of uh, fishing for sea trout, all types of sea trout in the ocean, that would definitely be the one it is the default fly for me um, it is for many of my friends and it and it's a fly that can imitate almost anything it can look like a, a shrimp it can look like a small uh, a small uh, fish it can look like well something edible that moves it's uh, fairly easy to tie it's easy to cast it's uh, very durable and it's very natural looking and uses materials that are readily available everywhere it is in essence the uh, the, um, the you know concentrated essence of a Danish coastal fly for sea trout. That would be number one, definitely. Number two, I don't know, actually, because I in the, in the second row I would probably find quite a, a, a few different flies, depending on who I asked. My personal favorite would probably be something a little bigger and more visible. I would probably go for a zonger with uh, with squirrel or rabbit as a as a, a wing over some kind of shining myla tubing body 
also with eyes and maybe with a bit of weight on a fly like that would be great for fishing in in rough water with waves and 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 for fishing uh, 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 places where the water might be a bit muddy or something like that it would be visible it would send out signals uh, waves um, uh, vibrations whatever i would probably haggle it uh, just in in uh, behind the eyes with a with a big haggle and i would probably choose a black and and silver color for the fly that would probably m- be my second choice but i know a lot of people who would choose other types of fly for their second choice the um, Christmas tree, which I mentioned just before, would be a very popular fly too, even though few people want to admit it because it's a pretty ugly fly actually. It's, it is efficient, no doubt about it. It's extremely easy to tie. It's very visible. It's actually quite natural looking in spite of the fact that it just contains one material, which is mylar tubing in some odd color, but um, it still works extremely well. It's very well suited for rough water, dirty water, cold water and, and places that um, that uh, need where you need a bit of, of, of a visible fly. Uh, it's not anything that I want to put on my leader but I still do it sometimes uh, and I know a lot of people that feel the same way. I also know people who use that and no, almost nothing else for all their fishing. There are different variations of the fly. Uh, I have my strange Christmas tree, which has a sunken wing of seal, and, and other people have other types of flies, which, uh, which are based on the Christmas tree. But anyways, another fly which is quite popular among the, the, the guys that I fish with and, and a fly that I often use myself is a small um, red tag palmer. Uh, you know, probably know the pattern, which is uh, a, a, a red wool tag or tail and a peacock curl body and then some kind of hackle over that. Um, uh, a U.S. friend of mine always says that any fly with peacock curl will catch fish, and it's definitely true for the, for the red tag. It's a, an extremely efficient pattern, which can be tied in all kinds of variations from dry flies to wet flies, even kind of a nymph, and, and in this case for um, fishing in the salt. We tie them in fairly small sizes, down to 10, and and 8, maybe a 6 would be a fairly big fly. And it typically uh, it's typically a fly that we use in in clear water under calm conditions and on long leaders for uh, for trout, which are a bit, uh, a bit uh, edgy about taking big stuff. The red tack uh, is uh, is a really nice uh, fly, which is also quite visible because of the of the red tack. But first of all, it's um, it's a good fly to use when when you want to fish something small and dark. Continuing in the small range, uh, other types of flies would be small uh, scots and and gamerets, uh, meaning. Uh, the type of uh, of animal that you will find in in almost all type of water, even fresh water. These are um, uh, small insect-like uh, animals that uh, that have uh, a, a segmentation and a ton of legs and and are really small, like a quarter of an inch and, e- and even smaller. And uh, these uh, these flies can be imitated in all kinds of ways with uh, natural looking flies with flies which have just adopted body and and all kinds of things these small uh, scot flies are typically tied in 
in really small sizes, uh, 14 sometimes, but 12 and 10 would be a, a, an average size probably. Tied on fairly heavy hooks because you want them to get down or, or maybe tied with some weight onto the body. Uh, in that uh, in that range of flies, you would also find the mysis. The mysis is a small uh, small animal that you see on the water uh, in, in in the thousands. Sometimes it's a it's a small, uh, very bright, uh, almost translucent uh, animal in the in the, again in the very small range. And the mysis is uh, easy to tie on in, in, in many different ways. You know, basically need a small tail and then adopt the body and maybe some black eyes and uh, then you have a, a, a mysis. As you can hear from this uh, rundown, we fish very few fish imitations, meaning that we don't fish anything that looks like a small, shiny, bright fish. There are flies that look like sand eels uh, of different kinds. Um, uh, Casper, who's one of the uh, GFF partners has his uh, uh, epoxy miracle which is very much like a small sand eel and that's a, 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 uh, not a popular fly in general in Denmark but it's quite popul- popular amongst the ones that, the, the guys that we fish with I use it quite often too um, I also tie uh, some flash flies sometimes meaning just a simple flash wing on a, on a hook and, and then some eyes and that's also very much like a small shiny fish but uh, in general even though we know that the fish eat a lot of sand eels, uh, we do not try to imitate sand eels as such with, with very, very shiny silvery flies. We just fish whatever we had and rely on the fact that these fish are very opportunistic and actually eat almost anything, anything that swims. One particular kind of fly that I really love is um, the muddler. Uh, Mottlers tied with uh, with deer hair is something that you will find uh, uh, in many Danish fly boxes. Mottlers are in particularly uh, in particular uh, well suited to fish in the dark when you want uh, something that fishes high in the water and and something that uh, that stirs a lot, uh, makes a lot of commotion. Uh, the same goes for different types of foam flies. Which, uh, which will also fish in the surface and which we occasionally see. Other flies that are popular could be uh, clam worms of different kinds, big fluffy uh, flies made from rabbit strips or whatever, and um, marabou and, and all kinds of things. So um, that's a huge cho- choice of, uh, of different flies. Oh, there goes my dog after the other dogs. Luckily, he's fairly well behaved and um, comes when I whistle. Ah, the dirty. He had to dirty. Yeah, he just wants to play a bit here. You can probably hear him. He's a good dog. He always follows me on the beach here. So um, and mostly he just sits and waits while I'm fishing. But uh, just now a, a, a guy passed with four dogs and he had to check them out. So that's how it is. And now he does it again. Come, sir.
He loves to run. Yeah, he comes running back here. Yeah, there. Oh, well, so much for that. Okay, return to the flies here. Uh, I think actually before it uh, gets too dark that I'm going to cast this, my Maunus fly, into the water and just see what happens and uh, maybe something will will pop up and uh, and uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, as it is right now, not able to record while I'm fishing because of this new recorder that I have with no external microphone and I think it's just too noisy if I just tuck it inside my clothes. So... Um, you will have to uh, imagine the fishing while I'm uh, I'm in the water, and then I'll return to you with a with a bit more on on flies and uh, and um, uh, some kind of, of uh, wrap up on on this uh, this uh, podcast. So, um, well, let me see what I can what I can find with my with my fly. been fishing for I don't know half an hour or whatever and uh, all I gained from that or rather lost from that was actually a fly that uh, that stuck to the bottom and uh, and uh, even though I could pull it loose uh, by by a, with a couple of tucks it finally just stuck there and I lost it which is pretty stupid because um, the water is actually very shallow here, nothing more than a couple of feet deep, and uh, and uh, usually you shouldn't lose flies because you can go, just go to them. I was even fishing along the beach here, so I, I didn't have to go out or anything, and even if I had to go out, the water is quite shallow, so I could easily have uh, just gone there and, and pulled it off, uh, whatever rock or seaweed it was stuck in. So, well, stupid me. Uh, the result is that I changed my favorite fly for a small fly that I've been fishing uh, 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 quite a bit lately. Um, it's actually a small streamer made from uh, silver fox and orange uh, hair and, and a copper body and uh, that's pretty efficient. Uh, right now it's actually also stuck on the bottom because it's a fairly heavy fly and I'm just standing here roll casting slowly um, uh, but because of the copper body, it, it actually goes down quite uh, quite fast. Um, which leads me to uh, mentioning that uh, the flies that we fish here are usually not that heavy, which is also a difference from uh, most uh, saltwater flies. Most saltwater flies uh, are supposed to go down, and in many cases they're equipped with dumbbell eyes and lead and all kinds of things and heavy hooks. But uh, here, uh, the water I'm looking at, uh, within a cast or something, a fly cast for me it's probably no more than three feet deep and this is where the fish are so I don't want to go too far down I definitely don't want to uh, my fly to go to the bottom like a rock uh, rather I'd like a fly that that hovers in the in the water uh, and sinks very slowly because that's uh, that's what uh, most of the animals that I'm uh, trying to to uh, get my fly to look like that's what they will do so as I said, the flies are, are pretty light. Um, 
I have a variation of flies in my box. Uh, some are light, some are heavy, some are very fluffy, some are very smooth. As you know, fluffy flies will will, will also hover in the water, while smooth flies will go to the bottom quicker and uh, have, a, have a bunch of different flies and you will be fine. Keep them within a certain size limit so that you don't have too big flies and, uh, and uh, uh, different colors and weights and some shiny and some not. Uh, you can add some flash to most flies because you can always uh, cut it off when, when fishing if you find them too flashy. But uh, in essence, it's a question of keeping your flies within the sizes about 4 to 10, having some naturally colored ones, tan, gray, grizzly, um, uh, brownish, black, and some bright ones, orange, pink, red, silver, uh, and, and what have you. And uh, even uh, the archer truce fly, like the one that uh, actually was used by quite a few anglers on the Global Fly Fisher Summit, a fly that Kai from uh, Germany had tied, a really uh, a color that we don't see very much on the coast here, but uh, it worked quite well and a lot of fish was caught on that fly, which is just another sign of the of the fact, another proof of the fact that it doesn't really matter what fly you have on as long as you can find the fish and the fish will see the fly, it will definitely go for it so uh, well, I think that uh, concludes my small talk about flies for Danish sea trout, I won't uh, I won't uh, linger too long uh, on that subject uh, it, it's, um, it's not as important as most people think uh, even though you can have a lot of argument about what fly to use, where and when, I, I think the most important lesson you can learn when you fish here is actually try to learn to find the fish. Once you've found the fish, they will probably go for most flies uh, you can offer to them. I've caught quite a few sea trout on bonefish flies, and why not? I mean, <laughs> it looks like something edible. It swims, and uh, they go for it. So, um, I'll fish on. And leave you to yourself. Uh, this is uh, Global Fly Fisher Martin, uh, partner Martin Jorgensen, saying thank you for listening and uh, remember to go fishing. And uh, I will uh, be seeing or hearing or talking to you again on the next Global Fly Fisher podcast. Bye bye.
That was track number one from the album CD1 Bach Cello Suites by Vito Paternoster from Magnatune.com.